Yes. The following podcast contains strong language and may not be suitable for all teenage tennis pros. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just getting weird. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm just saying we're very thoughtful. I, we are. I put a lot of thought into these. What about tennis amateurs? Uh, amateurs is different than teen tennis pros, I feel. So that's fine. They can still listen to this. Teen amateurs just sounds like something we shouldn't be talking about on this episode. It definitely Oh my god. I feel like that's a search term from a very sordid website. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pornhub. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hey! hey. Welcome back to the Better Left Podcast, you guys. I am your, I'm one of your Thor hosts, Sarah Smith. I'm a former congressional candidate in Washington's 9th Congressional District, and I am joined by Troy. Hi. Corn. Hey. Adam. Shalom. And Jay is on production, and I'm getting so good at remembering that Jay's here, you guys. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. He's Hooray, back in the dungeon. Jay. Hooray, back Jay. Back in the dungeon. Recording dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be talking about a couple of uh, what the shits. We're going to be going into our discussion where we talk a little bit about the uh, the Working Families Party endorsement, the controversial Working Families Party endorsement. And then we're going to be interviewing a uh, former volunteer and very good friend of mine, Francois. Francois. And uh, his friend, Adam, who is not to be confused with this Adam who's sitting to my right. Too many Adams. Too many Adams. Adam Never Smith. enough Adams. All Adams. Adams. But all Adams matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's A-T-O-M, by the way. Um, yeah. The Adams, not this Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, their, some of their work as citizen lobbyists and activists and being students and fighting for a bill that they recently got passed. Um, and we are really excited to talk about what it means to be a citizen lobbyist and what it means to actually like do the real work. Don't just go out with signs, but do stuff. I got to tell you, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank. Frank is uh, <laughs> one of my favorites. You know, uh, we spent some quality time on the campaign, um, you know, just solving the world's problems. Um, he was administrative director. What do we call you? You uh, we gave analytics. You a data nerd. Title, I don't remember. <laughs> you were like data wonk. Yeah. 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 Data. Director and data analyst. Administrative yes. director and data analyst. Yeah. 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 And no one at this table was paid for their work on my campaign. Just no, but we worked uh, a lot. And anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad to see uh, Frank here um, from his uh, California adventure. Yeah. Also, yeah. by the way, Frank, um, I stole your umbrella from UC Davis and I'm keeping it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just thought you should know. Uh, so we are also going to be wrapping it up our, during our palate cleanser where we eat some very weird American food that Corn brought in, including a PB and J, oh no, glazed donut and jelly Ooh. bubble gum and bacon <laughs> yeah. and cheddar Cheetos. I don't know. It's gonna be a freaking nightmare. So Jay requested that this uh, this jelly donut gum be used this year for uh, for Hanukkah. So if, oh yeah, so okay, we can yeah. we can we can light up the like third night of Hanukkah. Maybe we can try and fry up that gum. Oh, oh yes, no. deep fried bubble gum. Mm. Does air frying count on Hanukkah? Or does it have to be deep fried in fat? You know, I I imagine it's got to be some sort of oil. But if you could you air deep fry something? Kinda. I have an air fryer. There's a cake button. So okay. Mm. Our guests out. are breaking up the lab. They're just <laughs> ruining out. Just over ruining there. our studio. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, so let's dive right on into this. I actually don't have a what the shit this time. We're going to be doing mine next episode, which is it's timeless and it'll match with our Shama interview that I know I promised last time and I lied. Uh, so. <laughs> it's happening now. <laughs> Scheduling conflicts. You guys know how it goes. Um, so we're going to start with Adams because Adams is very interesting. What is the segment that we're doing? We're doing our what the shit. What? 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 The what the shit? shit? What the shit? We cannot 
unify that phrase. No. Anyway, no, no. Adam, what is it? What what moment what of is what the shit? shit did you What is your shit? All right. Well, <laughs> we started talking about this last week just briefly, but this week the Navy confirmed that the mysterious videos that were uh, released by the to the star or to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, they are real. So, according to the Department of Defense, UFOs do in fact exist. Now, note this UFO uh, research group was founded by former Blink One Eighty Two singer Tom DeLonge. Woo! We did talk about he that on, yeah. Talked about all the small things in this in this group. Oh, not again! <laughs> not, like, do not make me burn this podcast to the ground because I swear to God, Troy. What's your age again? Okay. <laughs> oh, you are literally dead to me. <laughs> Listen, but the important part of this is that the Navy said. Yeah, those are real videos and he shouldn't have them. And there are two clips. Or there are multiple clips, too. The first one uh, is from 2015. And there's even audio from the fighter pilots who are trying to understand what they're singing. Uh, seeing, not singing. All the small uh, things. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. They're yeah. like Tom Freudian, Is it a Freudian slip? I don't know. <laughs> Does that count? I don't um, understand Freudian slips. Sometimes, I don't either. So, so there was a, an oblong object that looked like it was... Uh, uh, it was standing motionless. Now, the interesting thing, actually, I got to read a wonderful Reddit thread about it. Oh, sure. <laughs> of course. Actually, this, do. this yeah. was actually an interesting an interesting Reddit thread. Like, they broke down the video, and um, and people were discussing why the video might look like it's actually a UFO. Um, one of the videos shows a, a UFO s- sitting motionless. Uh, no movement whatsoever. It's just a black dot on a white background. And then they switch it so it's a white dot on a black background just to try and clarify, make it sure, see if they can catch the shape a little better. Okay. And as it turns out, um, that video where it showed the, the thing standing motionless, actually the camera was moving the entire time. The camera was moving to the right, meaning that the UFO was moving to the left. In order, and it was moving to the left fast enough and far enough away that it looked like it was standing motionless. I love this stuff because, um, so I, you know, believe what you will about, you know, aliens and whatnot. And, and UFO people often are like, ah, the saucer with the green men and the gray men or, you know, all those things. But it just really means a thing in the air we can't identify. Um, but what I love is how we have these citizen experts that are they're really fine like they they're uh adopting some of the the uh uh you know mechanisms and the processes that you know people who are paid to do this kind of stuff and who have gone to school for a long time um but they're really being able to sort of dissect that i think it's one of the beautiful things about the internet and these people are good at it and I, I honestly kind of feel like the Navy just came out and they're like, yeah, those are real because they're like, listen, either we can confirm it or Donald Trump's big old mouth is just going to be like, that's real or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what kind of like it's a shift, right? Do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have seen the hand motions. That was really cool. I'm Visible. back, everybody. <laughs> no, but like. I just I really appreciate that we get to live in a time where the number one UFO like activist or person who's doing the thing is someone from Blink-182. Like that that's the world we're living in. Very it's punk rock. Wild. Of course. And 
actually, the, you know, what's even crazier about this. So first off, going back to what Sarah said, the Navy said they don't actually know what the objects are, but they're trying to be transparent with the videos to encourage uh, citizens to report the unidentified phenomena. So actually, not only are they acknowledging that they exist, they're asking for more of them. Well, and they're also confirming they don't know what they are. Right. Again, it's UFO. Yeah. So, And one last thing that's crazy. Do you all know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is Friday. Friday. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow is September 20th. Tomorrow is also the Storm Area 51 weekend. Oh, my God. Timely. Also, you know, the the climate strikes, which actually matter and are important. This is about (laughs) Area 51 (laughs) and nothing else. I I, I saw (laughs) that there is a wonderful documentary from the 90s all about Area 51. Independence Day. Oh, fantastic yes. film starring Jeff Goldblum, the S- famous documentary. Some of those, like I love that movie, but man, that uh, presidential like today is all independent. Like I want to just peel my skin off and vomit into my own. No peace. Really? <laughs> I, but I, but I love Die. that. I spent one afternoon one day memorizing that monologue. Oh, <laughs> Color I, today me is our shocked. Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. I've seen now. I, I, you are my president. <laughs> that guy, Bill, what's his face? Bill Pullman. Oh, what's his name? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. He's actually, I All like right, him. I do kind of love him. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> Damn it. He's good. And so we've got some UFOs going on. And then uh, Facebook decided to take a dystopian turn on Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, and I don't internet date. So I think that's all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I've I've been getting the ads on Facebook to start doing the dating app. Have you guys been getting them? I have. I've not partaken yet. I've really been on Facebook lately. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some D pics from you know friends (laughs) of mine. I am a partnered woman, and it is still advertising to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too busy on the dating apps to be on Facebook to get on their dating app. Yeah. What if you match with yourself, but you're on Facebook (laughs) for Tinder? Well, I do. Have two profiles, so it's oh. Are you catfishing? Two, face- <laughs> two Facebook profiles. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Tinder. Okay. So, how does it work to s- describe this dystopian yes. nightmare fuel to be? Yeah. So, so what they're saying is, in addition to things like gender preferences, location, uh, matches will be determined by interests and other things you do on Facebook. Uh, but the thing that is scary is, like, obviously they're not going to tell us what those things are, and they're already using this data, um, you know, to sell to businesses, to do advertising and things like, ooh, things like that. Knocking over corn. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, somebody said, basically, they compared it to, on Tinder, like, you could say that you like hiking, um, but on Facebook, um, if you participate in, like, hiking-related groups, or you go to events, or you write about hiking in a in a post, like, they could take any of that information to, to link you with someone. So, about that which is kind of i mean it's it's scary because not only is does facebook already know all those things the events the groups all the stuff all those things but they have their tendrils in on all sorts of other websites you don't even think about oh yeah they know more about you than like i I think i think sarah i hate to tell you but i think facebook might know more about you than jay does it's. I firmly believe it. Definitely know well, more about yeah. me than my mom does. And they're triangulating. <laughs> they're they're trying. Thank God, they're <laughs> right. They're triangulating your location. The and you're also exchanging data with the people you're close to. Right. And it's figuring out your entire life. But the thing that I find problematic about this is the secret crush list. Oh my God. Brr? 
Yeah. Uh, could you elaborate for yeah. the class? So <laughs> today, this is, uh, I am um, Mr. F- uh, book, uh, Mr. Facebook. Facebook. Today, we're launching Facebook. Uh, today, we're launching Facebook dating in the U.S. We're also giving people the ability to integrate their Instagram posts directly into their Facebook dating profile. <gasps> Actually. And giving people the ability to add Instagram followers to their secret crush lists. Um, besides the besides the the secret crush list, Tinder can actually do the same thing. Yeah, Tinder already does that. But yeah. um, so the so, crush list is probably no the crush problem. list. So here's what it is. So when I first heard about the Facebook uh, dating app, I thought it was going to be like it's your friends and your friends of friends, and like that's who you go through. But it actually doesn't include your friends. Oh, thank God! And you can <laughs> you can opt out from friends of friends as well. Mm. So I'm here for that. However. Since you don't have your friends on there, that's what the secret crush thing is, is that you can put in up to nine people that are your actual friends to interact with. So I would assume that's where that paid part will probably come in at some point is like pay to get access to more of your friends or something weird. I don't want to date my friends. No offense. No. You guys. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I do not. <laughs> the other the thing that bothers me or the, the thing that I'm concerned about is um, so, Sarah, you're a public figure. Um, I I work in video games. Um, my association to you makes me semi-public. <laughs> He's a big deal. I'm a little big deal. No, I'm not at all a big deal. But there the are people. I, of rich mahogany, many of the band books. Yes, <laughs> pungent. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, there are people I do not want to think of me in a romantic capacity. And as a woman on the internet, I understand. Yeah, that's it. it really bothers me. But it's a dating app. Who says that they're thinking of you romantically? Oh, oh. Hey. What do you mean? Oh, I mean, like, yeah, biblically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but one of the things I will say that is nice about Facebook is that you can't do on Tinder is you can, let's say that you have like an ex or family or anything like that. Oh. Like you can block those people on the account so that you never have to actually get matched with them or interact with them. It's the same thing though, right? Like are, are they going from the block list that you already have? I think so. Makes sense. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Wait, I don't want to have to re-block my family on a dating app. Right. Also, I don't want to date my family. So nope. like, that's weird. But here's <laughs> the thing too, is that like, on one hand, I don't like the data and weirdness of it all, but also like like we were just saying, Facebook probably knows more about us than than we do about each other in some ways. So does that mean maybe they are an effective pr- place or organization to hook us up with people? No. No? Um talking about running into your family on No, it's it hasn't happened, don't worry. But talking about running into your family on dating apps and stuff, the uh my friend is a dating coach. And what specifically an online dating coach? Oh, in, in DC. Interesting. In DC. I'll... Oh, sad people live there. Yeah, sad people live here too. Well, they're more lonely in DC <laughs> than they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she told me um, that they. Uh, she told me like all her stories about being on J date, and I and I responded that like the whole the whole reason I've never been on J date is because I run any sort of tiny possible risk. Of running into my mom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I, uh, the era of internet dating is fucking wild. Uh, and it is a crazy lawless wasteland that I have <laughs> no idea what to do with. 
Um, there listen, are laws. No DPS, please. Listen, guys. Let me let me just let me just tell you something. Like there is no amount of apps because the Seattle's also launching the Seattle dating app specific to this city. And let me just tell you something. Like go and like talk to a human being. And I know I'm just gonna say this, and I'm sure it's gonna ruffle their feathers. Uh, I know we're a city full of tech nerds and engineers who are not a hundred percent sure how to meet people. But go out, take a risk, talk to someone. You might get rejected. That sucks move on we've all been rejected before i mean it happens just go into the real world and meet people my best friend is struggling on dating apps because she's like no one here wants to date because they don't think i'm model attractive she lives in southern california i'm like yeah that's probably true so like go out and actually talk to people girl like i'd give this advice to everyone go out and get rejected it sucks be prepared to suck it sucks to suck but here we are I get that. But I think the thing about online dating that's nice for us working class folks is you can just swipe and swipe and swipe when you're on the bus and it's it's time effective. And I get what you mean. But I mean, I think that it's something people are going to do. And so I'm interested to see where the Facebook dating goes. I'm in the I'm in the camp of like there might be a human overload and like choice overload. But yes. Well, I want to say I agree with both of you. I think that someone like if you are on the bus and you want to dabble, dabble, but put it where it belongs. Don't give it more significance and don't use it as a metric for your value. Yes, it is okay to get swiped the wrong direction. It is okay to not match people. It's okay to get rejected. Rejection is just like a part of life. Don't be so afraid of it. Rejection is not that scary. And and the, the worst someone can say is no. Right. And don't fall for that whole macho like oh well then she's just a bitch slut like just let's oh my stop. exes are crazy let's, no they're not yeah common denominators you buddy right yeah <laughs> but but you know like uh, don't like uh, use date like online dating as a way to sort of concoct this fantastic woman or you know partner that is uh that's everything that you hope and dream because the reality is nobody is no. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. But nobody's perfect. And like what what's the what's the point of looking for perfect when you can just swipe right and like find the next one? Or trust Zuck to find it for you. Or right? just listen to our podcast and yeah. fall madly in love. Yeah, there's okay. some single folks on here. Yeah, hi. It's uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Surprise. Yeah. Uh let's close Don't this. Laugh. So closing this with when I was doing my research, because we research for research. this podcast. Um, you know, I was just thinking about how with Facebook it's like it you know Facebook is our echo chamber and so by using Facebook for dating it feels like we're kind of furthering that echo chamber um shout out to an app called Red Yenta I believe it's called it's a socialist dating site oh I thought it was for Jews well, yeah I, I was gonna be like explain the Yenta it can be for socialist <laughs> Jews too I'm sure actually I learned I learned that Yenta does not mean what we think it means what does it mean what does it mean so a Yenta is just an old gossipy woman Ooh. Yeah, it's not it somebody. It's not somebody who sets. Uh, it's not like just somebody who sets people up. It's just an old gossipy woman who okay. meddles. It's a yeah. It's a meddler. <laughs> yeah. So right. yeah. So what they say is, if you're looking for love, e- email us a bio, location, gender, socialist sect, and who and what you're looking for. Ooh, so, so they, love yeah. lemon. Yeah. Get out there and get, uh, there. get, get the dating on some red yenta, all yeah. y'all lefty socialists. Mm-hmm. But uh, you guys. I, uh, I think we're going to do Adam's last comment, and then we're going to wrap it up for a next segment. Is there a dating app for UFO enthusiasts? Oh, I'm sure. It's called whatever Tom DeLonge is on. Yeah, Tom, Tom's on <laughs> it. I date him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. Would it be your first date? Uh, 
That's the eye roll. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm, I'm looking for the button that opens up the little trap door and you go down into the shark. The void that we can shove at him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. So I think it's time for our big uh, news breakdown. News breakdown. It's news time. You Many episodes ago, we Beep. said we were going to get music, and like this is where we are. You know, Jay Beep. adds music. I always forget when I listen. Yeah. Then I listen, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, but we we sound we amazing. add character yeah. for we sure. So we've got an interesting big news breakdown this time, and I think Corn wants to take the lead on this one because this is an important one. Um, this is one we've talked about on the podcast before. It kind of leads into a lot of what we want to talk about as um, leftists, as Bernie supporters, as as socialists, as Warren supporters, as whatever we are, whatever wherever we might fall on the spectrum. This is an important thing because I think it's really a subject we actually actively need to talk about. So yes. Corn, take it away. Yeah. So if you're on any type of social media, you're feeds have been you know very full of the working families party endorsement hot takes um so if if you somehow have not heard uh the working families party they announced their endorsement of elizabeth warren and some people aren't very happy about that um so what happened is they took a vote of the members uh the supporters and national committee and the results came after um they did a ranked choice voting vote correct sarah Yes, so they did a ranked choice voting. So just so you guys know a little bit of background about me. Yes. Um, I am a board member for the Working Families Party of Mar- of MLK, Martin Luther King County. Um, and what we did is we had a ranked choice voting system. And so we just ranked our top two. And some people went for three or four, which is totally fine. So it was arbitrary. But really, we just kind of like focused on the top two. And Bernie and Warren really fluctuated. It was everyone's top two were Bernie and Warren. And Warren just had more votes. And that was we just the reason that it's just the board that voted just so people know is because we don't have a formal membership yet we're still very young we're still new we're still getting the whole membership thing in in, in a we're still getting it sorted out um and so we are we're working on getting that sorted out so the membership can vote next time hopefully but this time it was just a board vote so it wasn't that we were limiting it to board it's that it literally that's that, that's the process yeah. but what um without sort of I want to say outing anybody in their decisions because wow people have blown up they're angry where did did people provide justifications or, or thoughts about that? Yes, they did. So this was really interesting. It was a really tight vote. And anyone that picked Warren over Sanders had an explanation as to why. Sure. It was a razor thin margin. And I tried to explain to people like I think I actually gave them my top three. Um, and I said very plainly, like, listen, Sanders and Warren for me are really, really close. And my, I'm leaning into Bernie because at the end of the day, Bernie's the one who inspired me to run in 2018. It right. wasn't Warren. Bernie's the one who's been committed to his platform since the 70s like I can't back away from that this is this is where my heart is is with Senator Sanders but Warren I I don't dislike Warren as a choice for endorsement I think she's a very strong candidate and so Sarah I think that gives you a really unique perspective to have this conversation because you are very involved with the Working Families Party I think a lot of the people talking about this endorsement maybe aren't as um, familiar with them familiar with the work that you guys are doing Um, so I want to talk about that a little bit but also um, that you did vote for Bernie and so you have that perspective of look like I agree that Bernie is my top choice, but I also understand why the Working Families Party went for Warren. And so I think diving into that um, is going to be really interesting. Um, I feel as though, well, I mean, I'm, I've am i supported both Bernie and Warren in the past. I'm proud to say that I got to vote for Warren um, in her first Senate campaign. 
Uh, yeah, oh, cool. I, was, hey. I was still a resident of the great state of Massachusetts. I'm sorry, the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We are not a state. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, and <laughs> you're in a state. <laughs> um, a state of mind, anyway. Um, I, I'm very proud to have been able to support both of them. And honestly, I, I actually disagree with your comment, Sarah, about um, how Bernie's been been uh, standing with his platform since the 70s. This is a conversation I had with somebody just the other day. It's not saying that that Bernie changed his mind. He has supported the same platform since the 70s, and I respect him for it. I also respect the fact that Elizabeth Warren has changed her mind, that she's been open to change, unlike so many politicians these days. And and it's heartwarming to see a former Republican uh, take take a stand and now be one of the most progressive people in American politics today. Agreed. And, and I think that there are a lot of people who are just doing somersaults and cartwheels. And, you know, I, I am with the table. And I know that there are people who we're dear friends with, the people we love, very, very active progressive activists and uh, advocates. Um, but when you break it down, it is, it can be very difficult and you've got to really split some hairs and you've got to really kind of lean into this purity kind of ideology. Um, the Bernie folks though are, and I'm a Bernie person, I'm, I'm a Bernie guy. They are creating such rancor out there that it makes it very difficult to have any discussion at all. And I mean, I so I totally see your perspective on this, Adam. I think that you are, just to draw it back over to the discussion about Warren versus Sanders, and I think Warren has changed her mind in all the right ways. And being yes. a person who is partnered to somebody mm-hmm. who has been a former conservative, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, um, I understand the perspective that she has. And quite honestly, one of the things I'd love to see from Warren is she needs to lean into that background more. Yeah. If she wants to take people from the right to the left, if she wants to take people who were Bernie voters who went for Trump, she has that opportunity. Be proud. Be proud of the fact that you were a conservative who has switched over to the left and explain why. Tell your that story. Remind, yeah, that reminds me of, uh, uh, is it uh, Rob Ryersey? Yeah, Rob Ryersey. Yes. He's the executive director of Brand New Congress. He is considered a progressive Republican. He calls himself an Eisenhower Republican. And yep. he, uh, uh, the Atlantic just released a short documentary about his run for, for he's office He's an evangelical, yeah. He's an evangelical pastor. He is amazing, progressive, believes in Medicare for all, believes in housing the homeless, believes in living actual Christian values, which, I mean, I, I talked to my, my reformed, conser- formerly conservative partner about this all the time. Um, Elizabeth Warren has all the tools to speak the language to the conservatives and pull them back over and explain to them why it matters. Be an example of a different way to do it. And yeah, what she is doing instead is saying, well, back then I wasn't that into politics. I didn't know what I was talking about. And it's like, this isn't when you were 18 years old or 20 years old or 30 years old. Like this is when you were 50 years old. And so you don't get to use that excuse. You use. should be talking about, look, this is why I felt the way I felt. I was raised this way. It was, you know, talk about that just the way how Jay has talked about it, which has been really cool to learn from that um, because people could relate to that and they might be able to switch sides. And that's how we're going to win is by you know, getting people who voted Obama then voted Trump. We need those people to come back to us. I, I just want to say that I believe that there is this um, uh, situation where we say, oh, let's switch sides. No, come as you are. Right. Just don't be evil. Let's talk mm-hmm. about what we can do as a culture to take care of everyone. And it can be done no matter what your religious beliefs are. And so something I, I do want to really make a distinction about. And Adam, I get what you're saying. 
But I don't want this conversation to be Bernie versus Warren because it doesn't need to be that. Right. Um, the, the, the statement that the Working Families Party put out is we're lucky to have two strong progressive candidates leading in this race. Senator Warren and Senator Sanders have both shaped the ideological terrain on which this campaign is being waged. They have proven an effective team on debate stage debate stages and in the polls, and we hope that that partnership continues. We're proud to call both of them allies in this fight for a more just America. And so what's happening right now on social media is Bernie people are just freaking the fuck out, and it doesn't need to be that way. And it just makes me so sick to see that we're taking the bait to to split the progressive base. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This is what they want, you guys. Like they not not working families party, but like the the no, centrists yeah. and and the, and the party they want they want us to be split, and instead we need to be working together and. If you're upset with this endorsement, that's fine. But if you're upset about it, instead of complaining on Twitter, why don't you work for the candidate that you care about? Why don't you talk to voters about why your right. candidate is the most effective? Why don't you talk about why don't you do phone banking or do texting or do door knocking? And I saw someone on Twitter say this. They basically said to everyone who's complaining right now, how many of you have door knocked in the past week, month, year, did a poll? And that's the thing. Like. If you truly care and you disagree with this endorsement, then do the work that matters. Um, I actually I have both a comment and then a question for the table um, just as a clarification. So first, my comment is is I worry that um, having seen what happened in 2016 and seeing it again, this similar Bernie bros are doing the same thing. I worry that that a sort of cult of personality is starting to be built or has been built around Bernie Sanders in a similar way to what's been built around Donald Trump. People people won't vote for if they if they can't vote for Bernie Sanders, they won't vote for whoever is whoever was against Bernie Sanders. And so even though Warren has objectively pretty similar politics to Bernie, if slightly more more center, um if people won't vote for her simply because she's not Bernie Sanders, then you're you're right. We're splitting the party. And then my question is just a it's a clarification as somebody who's, who might be slightly less uh, well versed in the political sphere. When do um, when do endorsements usually come out? Is it normally this early that someone like the Working Family Party would uh, would support? Yeah, so it's it's pretty normal. Um, endorsements usually happen re- for big endorsements like this, for big things like the uh, the Working Families Party and presidential elections. Um, these things tend to come out a little bit earlier. It gives them time. It gives candidates time to utilize the resources that come with the endorsement because there are resources that come with an endorsement. It gives them time to utilize the base that comes with this endorsement, um, and it gives time for the general public to to comment on this endorsement for them to make any kind of calibration or correction. I also feel like it's a bit of a mistake to to just characterize the Bernie folks as the people who are causing the most problem. We're talking about, first, a group of people that have been maligned. They've, they've been abused by the system. Um, the, the dirty tricks, the 2016 was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... And and that was a an issue. That was something perpetrated by by the establishment, um, the Democrats. The you know it's interesting too when you think about the Republicans because they're kind of just circ- 
like circling i don't know what a drain <laughs> the wagons the it's you don't see the 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 passion it's uh you know uh all of the pejorative weird stuff. I hate when people are like, Oh, you know, you Republicans and you, you know, Democrats. And it's like, Oh gosh, you know, shut up. Um, but the, the thing that I, what we're missing is the people who are supporting Kamala are rabid. The people who are supporting Biden are rabid. The people who are, you know, there are, it is a polarizing time right now. And I think that the real win, the real important stuff is how do you build those bridges? And let's wait until we get our nominee before we start burning everybody at the, you know, at the stake. <laughs> Burning. Burn. Burn. So um, I do want to talk about, too, though, you know, the people who are upset, there are some legitimate things to be yep. upset about. One of those things that people are talking about, and I don't want to say that people shouldn't talk about these is- issues because you should. The difference is when you attack. Um, Ad hominem. Yep. Exactly. And so one of the things that people are upset about is the transparency of this endorsement vote. Um, so the vote, it was ranked choice, but it was done. It was a 50-50 split um, for weighting the votes between the membership and the board. And so... Um, they are not releasing what those totals are. Um, now we know that the the overall totals for Sanders and Warren, um, Warren got sixty point nine one percent of the vote, and Bernie got thirty five point eight two percent. Some people have done some, you know, Excel spreadsheets of, you know, this is what the possibilities are, blah blah blah. And what most people are saying is, you know. More likely than not, the membership voted for Bernie and and the board voted for Warren. Um, And I understand that that is upsetting. But the thing that I would say to that is if you don't like the endorsement process, get involved and change it. You know, you bring that up every time we get into this discussion. And I love it because it is the truth. Just sitting there sniping at people on Twitter. Now, I will say there are a ton of people who are working real hard. Right. They're, yes, yeah. there are. And we yeah. know who you are and we know you're doing it. But there are also a lot of people who just want to see the world burn and they're stirring the pot. And listen, I know that sometimes your candidate doesn't always get the endorsement that you really want them to get. And Corn's right. If you don't like it, get involved with the group that made the endorsement. Become yep. a paid member. But here's the thing. Tearing them down because they didn't give the endorsement that you wanted. Look at the endorsement they did give. Why did they give it? What is the candidate like? What does this candidate support? And if you're just in it because you just want Bernie to be elected, like sp- stop and step back and rethink what you're talking about. Because it's not just about you. It's not just about Bernie. It is about every single working class person in the entire nation. It is about sticking it to Donald Trump. It is about making sure that we get somebody in office who's going to actually be progressive. And Warren, I'm just going to throw it out there. She's really a great choice. And that's why it's such a razor thin margin between her and Bernie, because she is on it and fantastic. They're and a good she, team. she is going to bust the shit out of the banks at the very least. And you know what? If that's how we draw conservatives back is through Warren's plan to bust up the bank monopolies. Awesome. But she has got some great policy topics. She's got some great platform work. She and Bernie have respected each other their entire working careers. They've always worked together successfully. He doesn't begrudge her this endorsement, so neither should you. Yep, be like Bernie, for sure. I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand. Bernie's not talking about this. He's talking to voters. Do that. But I want to give an example. Um, You know, after 2016, everyone was super pissed off with the Democratic Party. And a lot of us, instead of looking at them and saying, 
you know, we don't like what you're doing. We're, we're going to back off. Um, we decided to infiltrate the party and to start going to the meetings and to start overthrowing the votes and to start getting endorsements for the candidates that we cared about and to get people elected into local positions that were progressive. Um, because if you aren't going to do it, someone else is going to make that decision. And so if you don't like that decision, you get involved. Um, you know, there's working family party uh organizations all over the country. If you disagree with one endorsement, but you agree with the groundwork they're doing, you agree with their mission, then get involved. And we say this about the Democratic Party, too. Like, if you guys don't like the endorsements that are being given for the from the Democratic Party to different candidates, join the Democratic Party, pay your membership dues, show the fuck up and vote because you are the reason these endorsements happen. So if you're not involved in the Democratic Party, you better get freaking involved because that's how you change the endorsements. We also understand with brutal clarity that there are people who do not get the luxury of volunteering or paying the dues or, you know, we're all just trying to survive. And um, and so that's not a we're not looking at folks who cannot or. You know, we're talking about people who rather than engage in the process will stymie the process or really create such a hostile environment that that it just becomes a a shit show and a dumpster fire um what i there's i have a question um adam i know you wanted to to weigh in on that but i i I want to make sure because this might jump us into a different you do you okay um one of the problems that i have is there's nothing that is that wasn't predictable about the outcome it is very, very easy to know. We say this and this will happen. And the Working Families Party, I am actively engaged, actively involved uh, here uh, in, you know, in supporting Sarah and um, and the board. And, and you know, they are enga- we are engaged in um, supporting local progressive candidates. Um, they're on the right side of uh, history. Was I surprised to see the Warren thing? For sure. Um, but none of this is the fallout shouldn't have been a surprise. And frankly, for an organization weighing in on one of the most important social cultural moments of our history, um, why aren't they better prepared? And why is MLK County so quiet? Why aren't our people, our leaders, and we're, you know, doing a lot of things to galvanize people and support some really critical groups in, um, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, the displaced uh, business owners in SeaTac. Uh, we're talking about a bunch of stuff. Where's the guidance? So there's so working with uh, MLK Working Families Party, I got to give them a hardcore shout out. It is a small group of folks. People think it's so much bigger than it is. Um, They're a small group of folks who are rock stars at galvanizing local people. Um, they had a they hosted a press conference. Shout out to Margaret freaking Carey. Oh, she's so good. I've Cohen huge and fan. Monica Mendoza or Monica Mendoza. Monica is great. Monica is incredible. So is Cliff. So is so is is Margaret. They are amazing people. This small group of folks who galvanize entire communities worth yeah. of people. And this is honestly where the focus is and should be. A lot of the Working Families Party chapters are local 
focused. And this is a thing people don't really understand is a lot of these chapters are really local focused. And while the presidential campaign is important, so is making sure like in SeaTac, we get all the racists kick off of SeaTac City Council. Mm -hmm. So is making sure that getting all the racists kicked off of Tequila City Council. Yes, yes. So is making sure that we get kicked, uh, we get all the racists kicked off of Federal Way City Council. And so they are focused in the weeds doing this nuanced work. And so while they want to step out and do this, they have to pick and choose their battles. And quite frankly, the local battles for them are what matter the most right now. I do think it's important, though, to come out not to to come out and provide a venue for people who are local to feel like they have had an opportunity to walk this process through and for them to validate and say, no, this was fair and it was a process and there we were involved and we do care and we. Uh, You know, those having that opportunity to discuss it is something that the Democratic Party has never done. Never have they done anything to sort of amend the issues that happened in 2016. I I agree with that. But I also think that does bring an interesting comparison, which is think about the Democratic Party at the national level versus the Democratic Party on a local level. What we're focusing on on a local level is so much different than what the national party is focusing on. So, for example, in the 43rd district just yesterday, um, they endorsed Sean Scott and Shama Sawant. The first endorsement from the 43rd district Democrats ever for someone that's not a Democrat. And that's really important. It is. And the 43rd did not like me. So that's, yes. No, that's, but guess what? <laughs> that's it's beca- progress. It's, it's because, because people re- showed up. Yeah. And it's also because you ran in that sweet spot of the vanguard of people saying, no, this is about people. Um, so that that is really exciting. I'm really uh, pleased. But there is a point. There is a point, And I really want to push this because it it is, we're not doing enough to educate and connect. And I feel like there are going to be these schisms and the Working Families Party in King County can do some work to bring people some understanding. So how much transparency do we want? Right. Like my my concern, my concern is from the logistical angle. Um, we as as uh, not Democrats like the political party, we as we as people living in a democracy. One thing that we should really should hold dear is the anonymous vote is the fact that that one vote one person but you don't need to but if you are simply a member of the population that your vote um you can't necessarily be identified with your vote so how much transparency do we want when we're talking about the the board versus the membership do we want to see every single vote would that like would that satisfy would that satisfy you Troy to have Every single vote be be visible, like name and the vote. No, and I want to I want to make this really crystal clear. I I believe in the validity of this vote, and I think that it is important to recognize that. And I also think that's what people want. Before anybody says, "Oh no, that's not what we're asking. We just want to," it's like, "No, no, no. You you want vengeance. The Bernie people are furious, and they're ready to to take some." They they want their pound of flesh. Also, from the con, from a like slightly more conspiracy angle, how many of these people who are shouting and hollering on Twitter are bots? 
And I, I mean, I really think that what the way that we deal with this is we need to we need to make sure that we're looking inward and asking ourselves, are we just screaming to scream because we didn't get our way? Or do we really feel it was unfair? Because yeah. it is if Warren were the worst candidate ever and she were basically, I don't know, but a judge or something, if they had gone with <laughs> him or with one of the Colorado men or oh, I God, or if Hicken Looper or anybody else. No, yes. he didn't. Let's, He's not running, is he? I, he? He was. I don't remember anymore. Um, if if they'd gone with anybody else, we could kick and scream and flail and be mad about it. But listen, Warren is not the candidate to kick and scream over. She is a good candidate, and I am a strong Bernie supporter. It is the reason that my partner and I got involved in 2016. It is the reason that so many people got woken up. And listen to those people who are seasoned, long-term Bernie voters who are telling you. We are not mad about this Warren vote. Do we wish it was Bernie? Of course. But that doesn't mean we stop doing the work for Bernie. It doesn't stop us from continuing to knock doors and make phone calls and send emails. It does not stop us from The working family parties can be wrong. Well, no, but no, no. Here's the deal. But (laughs) but it's a process and and the vote was the vote. But here is important, uh, an important piece of this. Undoing the work of others is not doing the work for Bernie. Right. And so I want to close this with a thread. Um, It's from Erica Persons. Mm. She is the digital uh, communications director for Working Families Party. Um, So what she has to say, if you want to put a face to the eat shit and die, I hope Working Families Party staff gets cancer and drop dead dumb cunts comments. It's me. I'm the face. It's my livelihood to check these messages and try to respond to you. If you think this is a good organizing tactic, then go for it. I think it's sort of the same as yelling at a retail associate in a store, but I'm not going to tell you how to organize if you feel that that cruelty works. Um, and she goes on, you know, a little bit further, basically just saying that, you know, like, these are people and we're doing work on the ground. And please try and remember that, like, if you care about your candidate, this is an effective organizing. Um, and she ends it with, um, again, it's me, a Bernie 2016 alum and junior staffer. But if this is where you're at to vent your frustration or push us, OK, please stop making it personal. It's not right. And so that's the thing. If you have your your criticisms, your critiques, if you don't like this vote, that's one thing. But don't be assholes about it. Yep. 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 So we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to sit down with Francois, Yay. former volunteer <laughs> for my company. And, uh, <laughs> and, we're, <laughs> and we're, we're swapping atoms. And we're swapping yeah. atoms. We're switching one atom for the other. And Dragging then me and Corn are going to sit down and do a quick interview about citizen lobbying and citizen activism. Yay. So stay tuned. Would you do me a favor when you get Franck in here? Would you interview his mustache? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need some info. <laughs> what you been up to? <laughs> What, the mustache or the fuck? <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Better Left Podcast discussion where we have some amazing people to talk to about some really cool shit that they're doing. Uh, I'm here with Korn. Hey. And we are interviewing Frank and his buddy Adam. And Francois, tell us a little bit about yourself. So back during the Sarah Smith campaign, I was doing a lot of the, you know, the nerdy, you know, GIS mapping, turning maps into these colorful little precincts where we can find out who, like, who are the supporters of initiative? What was it for the marijuana? Oh, I-502. Right. I one thousand, yeah. yeah. um, uh, I sixteen hundred, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, just stuff like that. And like who voted for Bernie, who voted for Hillary, who voted for Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Like that's that was what I was doing behind the scenes. So and what I'm doing right now is uh, what I'm doing is I'm now the ACCD president's chief of staff. Basically, what that means is we have a kind of a student government at UC Davis and I can help the president, you know, deal with his staff. Like we're working on a whole bunch of different projects like from policing all the way to just like just reforming student government and like just changing the way that we do things. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to diving into that. Also, you are just like general overall regulator of campaign office, correct? Like making sure yes. it wasn't burning down and that people weren't dying. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. So could you just for the sake of our listeners who might not know what that means, could you just explain the acronym of a... Associate students of of the University of California, Davis. Basically, they are the student government of the University of California, Davis, UC Davis. Awesome. And then, uh, so Adam, you're coming up here with them to explain a little, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. um, So, hi, uh, my name is Adam. I'm the external affairs vice president for uh, ASUCD, as Francois said, stands for Associated Students, uh, University of California, Davis. Uh, Just to... Uh, say a little bit more about that. ASUCD is a um, unincorporated association. It's a fifteen million dollar uh, operation um, that runs and owns uh, the bus system that serves the city of Davis and uh, campus. It operates multiple businesses, um, and its uh, its role is to be the voice of students um, wherever they need a voice. Uh, my job is to be that voice to outside political bodies, be it the state legislature, the U.S. Congress, or the Davis City Council and the Yolo County, yes, it's called Yolo County, Ooh. Board of Supervisors. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. We, we lobby for things on every level, uh, from the UC system itself to every level of government, and my job is to oversee those uh, advocacy operations. That's really cool. And so, you know, on the campaign, obviously... Francois, Sarah, Jade, Troy, all of us, we all spent a lot of time together. And so we got to hear about the different stuff that Francois was doing. Um, And as someone who, you know, went to college and was a student, I wasn't involved in any of that sort of stuff at all. Um, I didn't know that that was something you could do as a student. And so I am really looking forward to talking to you guys about what sort of work you're doing and how others can get involved. Um, So so let's start out with just, um, you know, what sort of legislation are you guys lobbying for on behalf of students? So um, when it comes to legislation, honestly, every year it's a different there's there are different issues Um, and it gets a little complicated because as ASUCD, we're also a member of UCSA, UC Student Association, which is an association of uh, all of the UC undergraduate students and some of the UC graduate students. And their job is to advocate on behalf of all UC students collectively. Um, so there are legislative priorities that AS, uh, that uh, ASUCD has, and there are legislative priorities that UCSA has. But um, this year, uh, we're focusing on um, CalGrant. CalGrant is California's um, grant system for uh, college students who need financial aid. Uh, we're focusing on expanding CalGrant into summer uh, so that students can receive financial aid when they're attending school in summer. Uh, we are working on passing a facilities bond, a bond uh, through the um, put it on the ballot and get it through the citizenry to um, fund uh, facilities uh, you know just renewal facilities on campuses because they're old they're really really old yeah. um, and then 
as ASUCD, we are working on housing issues. Uh, student housing is a huge problem. Student homelessness, basic needs, which includes mental health, uh, food insecurity, and housing. Um, that's just an overview of the of the things we're working on. And we can always go into more details if you want to know more about any of those. Yeah, for sure. And um, so when you guys became students, how did you find out that this is something that you could do? Well, this wasn't really something you could do when we were st- when we started. This office didn't exist. Okay. Um, ASUCD was at the time very much ineffective. It was uh, a body that spent most of its time um, just complaining and screaming at each other, um, much like the stuff you were talking about. It's earlier. almost like the Democratic Party, or yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, the Working Families Party. All of it. It's almost like if you see something you don't like, you change it. Uh, see something, say something, y'all. Just, <laughs> so that's what we did. Um, I two years ago, I ran for president. I did not end up in the election. Francois was the camp was was running the campaign, um, but we became involved in ASUCD through the campaign, and then later on. Um, when, when I met the person who became the director of what was then called Office of Advocacy and Student Representation, he was stuck with, um, no staff, very small budget and a mess that was left behind by the people who were there before him, who all they did was scream and yell and complain. And the three of us, and Francois was our communications director, I was the chief of staff and, um, Edgar, he was our boss. He was the director of the office, and we actually built this whole thing. This didn't. This again. This wasn't really a thing you could do as a student uh, when we were when we first when we were first there. It was okay. Uh, AACCD is completely pointless uh, now. It's not, <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to report that we played a big role in that. Um, we are trying to tell everybody else that now this is something they can do, uh, and it's nowhere as hard as we thought it was going to be. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, because I mean, to me, that sounds super overwhelming and scary. And for a student, I'm sure, you know, you're looking at this like, what am I doing? But you did it. And so that's the thing that people need to realize is that someone has to do it. Um, And so you guys stepped up to do that. And I think that's really cool. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about some of the legislation you guys are working on. Um, You talked about the Cal Grant a little bit. Um, One of the things I read was um, you're working on getting asylum-seeking students eligibility for the Pell Grant, correct? Or the Cal Grant, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so last year, uh, Senator... I forget which senator it was. One of the senators in the the California State Senate introduced a bill... um, SB 296. And SB 296 was a bill that said, hey, students who are here waiting for, who are who have been granted asylum status but have not yet received a permanent residence status um, are going, and, and who already have social security numbers, should be eligible to receive Cal grants. Um, I myself used to be, I'm now a permanent resident, I used to be an asylum seeker, and it took two years to go from, oh, I applied for asylum to I am now a permanent resident. Now, I was lucky and I was in high school those two years. Many people are not that lucky and they need to go to college. Um, and I personally testified on, on that bill in the, in, the, in, the, in the assembly. And what I said was, hey, this is a small portion of the population. This is not going to cost a huge amount of money. But it's a portion of the population that is here uh, looking for a better life. And they can't get that if they can't go to college in today's economy. And so uh, the goal of the bill was simply to... Um, allow the eligibility for uh, student, students who are here as asylum seekers to receive uh, funds through CalGrant. 
And to be very clear, and just to make a, a clarifying point, when we have people on the other side of the aisle or from less uh, less understanding perspectives on the world, to be an asylum seeker is to, it's a status that, it's literally a status. It's not somebody that's just coming and yelling, asylum! It's literally a status that exists, and it is a fully legal status you come here and you seek asylum which is a legal thing you are allowed to do and so this is a fully like this is all within the pipeline of capability that each state has so is is my understanding correct yes and i'm proud to say that the republicans in the state senate and the state's assembly state assembly actually supported this bill what? that's rad california that's <laughs> my home state um hey i didn't know that that's cool oh um, yeah i'm from um thousand oaks Oh, that's awesome. I've been there like yeah, once or sorry. twice. You drove through it, yeah. Yes, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, the the vice chair of the Senate Education Committee, Scott Wilk, actually uh, uh, said that he liked the bill when the bill was going through the Senate Education Committee. The the Republicans voted for it. You know, it's it's, it's we were happy. <laughs> so so this is just one example. But so did you guys like actually write this bill? How does this work? No, the guy who wrote the bill was a staffer in Senate. Oh, I think it was Senator Allen who was the author of the bill. The person who actually wrote the language of the bill was a staffer who I very much uh, um, respect. And his name is, uh, I don't know his last name. His first name is Mina. And um, he is from Egypt and he himself uh, used to be an asylum seeker. And he's the one who wrote the language of the bill and Senator Allen introduced it in uh, the California State Senate, and um, yeah, we supported the bill. We UC Student Association endorsed the bill, ASUCD endorsed the bill, and uh, we came out and supported it in the in the in the state in the state legislature. Yeah, and so so what does that support look like, and what does that action look like? Do you want to get into like the Me Too's and the stuff? Okay, so I I mean I'm not as well versed in the legislature as say Adam, but. Uh, so there are two ways you can uh, voice support for a bill. Uh, the first one, which is kind of the thing that everybody thinks of, is what was it? I think you, I think you just like you go on a whole like speech. I believe you go on the you go on like this table that's in the middle of the committee, and you ha- and you can you, you have this whole testimonial, and you you know you tell your story about how you know as an asylum seeking student, you know you support this bill. The other one is a me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> different, um, different me too. Yeah, different, different, okay. different me too. Different me too. Calm down. But basically for a me too, you just walk up to this microphone that's kind of in the audience and you're just like, me too. Sames. Yep. Oh, so it's like a ditto, like a literal physical ditto. It's a it me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the thing is for the first one, for the testimonial, you have to be invited, but you can do a me too. Yeah. Like you have to actually be like, you can't just go sit at the table and start talking for three minutes. But that wouldn't really work. So how do you get invited? Like as students, do you guys have connections with senators, offices and people like that or whatever? So UCSA has, well, now we do. When right. we first started, right. we didn't know anybody. Um, UCSA had those connections and we were invited. I was invited to testify on 296 when it went to the assembly side. And I'll talk about the legislative process later. But when it went to the assembly side, I was invited to speak on its behalf because um, they knew UCSA and they were like, we need somebody. And they're like, oh, Adam used to Adam. Adam was an asylum seeker. Let's get Adam. Um, so the senators invite two people to testify on behalf of each bill. Usually it's a person. One of them is a, somebody with a personal story. Uh, assembly members do. One of them's a uh, somebody with a personal story, and the other one is uh, somebody from an organization or an expert on the matter, or somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about, and they come and give expert testimony. Um, 
Testimonies usually are limited to two minutes per, per, per testimony. However, for people who don't have those connections and aren't part of those organizations, um, there's always the option of a Me Too or sending a letter of support. And anybody can do those things. You can show up to the state legislature in California, at least. I don't know how it works in other states. But you can show up to the state legislature, go up to the microphone and be like, oh, I support this. Or, oh, I don't support this. This sucks. You can even give like a 30-second like synopsis of this is who I am. And as a person who's gone through this, 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 and this, I don't support this. Um, usually they say don't say more than like don't stand there more than more than like 20, 20 seconds because we, we got an agenda to get through. But um, – Anybody can do those things, and if you're sitting out there like, how do I how do I voice my opinion? That's something you can do. So I think that this is kind of a, a this is one of the things that a lot of our listeners want to know more about. So we have a lot of people that are they're activists, right? And when you think activists, you think protests, you think people making signs, you think people standing and doing doing a sit-ins in their senators' offices. Um, but you guys are actually out there doing hardcore work, like and, and the hardcore work I'm talking about is actually writing legislation and actually being citizen lobbyists for your legislation. What does the process of citizen lobbying look like for you guys? So when we talk about like, how do you be a regular old Joe the plumber uh, and just walking around in the world? And then how do you what does it look like to lobby as as a citizen to your elected officials in your state or federally? Yeah. So the, the first thing that I really want to get out there, lobbying is organizing like people matter. Size matters. Literally. <laughs> Like, like when you meet these legislators, they want to see groups of people come up to their office and say, we want this bill. Well, and when we think of lobbying, typically, I think a lot of us think big business and, and corporations. And, and the reason for that is because they don't need big groups of people. They got that cash. But like if we're bringing dozens of people to talk about issues and to show that there is support for this, that matters just as much. So when I think of lobbying, I think of like dudes in suits. Do you guys wear suits when you sit as in lobby? Yeah, we wear suits. Yeah. yeah. Although, although <laughs> I will admit, um, there is a picture of me lobbying with a flannel shirt. Yes. And the jeans. Washington way. Yes. Yep. <laughs> flannel plaid and jeans. Yeah. It's, it's a, a Washington uniform. It is. Yeah. No, it's like the it's the politics cash look that oh, yeah. Adam was always rocking. Oh, yes. Our our Washington state militia is like flannel and jeans. That's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. Very relatable. So, so when you show when you talk about like showing up and doing these things, um, what is what does that look like? So when you actually get the chance to lobby, showing up and saying, we want this bill, we want this bill to, to happen. Um, what does it look like to organize people to come with you? How do you do that? Where do you go to find those resources to get people to, to follow you into these offices, follow you into battle like a Trojan? horse be like i'm just doing this in college guys just kidding i'm here to fight you (laughs) yeah so like the the, like the big thing is like again like lobbying is organizing and that means you have to you you have to organize people you have to talk to different leaders of different organizations i'm pretty sure adam has talked to a couple different organizations perhaps you want to talk a little bit about that yes so here's the biggest thing if you're an individual and you're like oh i want some policy and you show up to your legislator they're like okay cool we'll, we'll look into that and they'll send you on your way and that's pretty much it However, yes. However, <laughs> you get a group of people together. Get 30 people together who have the same interests as you do, right? 30 people in a in an assembly district, uh, in, in a small legislative district can organize, like they understand, the legislators understand that 30 people can organize 3,000 people. And 3,000 people can, can be the margin of victory for their opponent. 
they will not risk pissing off a, a group of 30 organizers who are dedicated to showing up and organizing and doing the protests and all of that. There are two kinds of lobbying, right? You're either supporting a, something that some a bill or a policy that some legislator is already pushing for, which is a lot easier because you can... Uh, you're just supporting something that's already going through. You don't need to start the process from from the beginning. If there's something you want to do that nobody's talking about, now that's a different story. That for that you need um, you need to understand the legislative process of the state you live in. Um, and let me say this is not really this is not something you can do without a big organization behind you on a federal level, right? Even for the UC Student Association, which represents three hundred thousand students. We can't do this on a federal level. We, we, we can. We do advocate on a federal level, but our impact is very small. Um, what I would say is that if you want to do something on your, in a state level um, and you want to talk about something that nobody else is talking about, you need people who know what they're doing. You, know, you need people who, have, who understand the legislative process and who, are, who can write legal language for you because you need somebody to write the bill for you if you go to a member's office and say this is a policy we want to see they'll look okay we'll look into that and then they'll tell you that it's not possible um yeah no seriously that's that's the way it's gonna go so you need to have people who you need to talk to experts you need to reach out to the groups that are experts in that policy area um and i think we're talking about a bill that we we worked on last year later on yeah no let's jump into that so are you talking about um as 1086 ab 1086 ab sorry yes. don't worry about it <laughs> yeah ab 1086 for example was so uh, a member of our college democratic chapter k uh, set up a meeting like we he wanted to work with us and he was later unable to but he told me about the idea of funding um providing funding for small farmers to transition to uh, micro irrigation systems, meaning uh, drip irrigation. This is for agriculture. This is for farms. The idea is uh, a lot of farms use flood farming, flood irrigation, which is, you know, the water comes in, waters everything, goes out back into the stream. It causes a lot of pollution, especially in the California Central Valley. It um, causes a lot of, uh, it, it, it has a lot of problems. It uses a lot of water and uh, it's inefficient. Uh, some crops need it. Most, like some crops do not. And, the idea was we provide funding for farmers for farming th those certain crops to be able to make that transition. I had no idea how. I knew yeah. nothing about agriculture. Right. So um, we we wrote the first draft of a language for the bill. We wrote a proposal of this is what we want to see. We wrote the first draft of a language. And when I say we wrote a first draft, I mean I basically sat down and read a bunch of other bills that other people had written and tried to imitate that language as best I could. Uh, and, <laughs> and so I was like, yep, um, <laughs> and wrote that wrote, wrote a preliminary language. Then I reached out to a bunch of organizations and I also reached I also started cold calling legislators. I was like, hey, like this was my first. I didn't know anybody at the time. I couldn't just like email somebody I knew. Hey, are you interested? I couldn't do that. I didn't know anybody. So I started cold calling offices. I was like, hey, can I speak to your legislative director? Oh, cool. They're in a meeting. Can you have them call me later? And what's their email address, by the way? And like, I got that information. I sent in those. I sent in the proposal. I sent in the whole package. And one of the people I reached out to was Assemblymember Bauer Khan, who was new that year. Uh, she's no longer new this year. Um, but that was her first legislative session. And her legislative director uh, reached back out to me. And he was like, oh, this is something we've been talking about. Like... We didn't really know what we didn't really know much about this. We're new, but this is this is something we've been talking about. So we started talking, and they introduced the bill on our behalf. It became AB 1086. Um, CalCan, California um, Climate and Agriculture, yeah, Climate and Agriculture Network, 
uh, turns out like they we couldn't get in touch with them the first time we tried because you know we, we who the who the right. hell are you yeah, yeah. just a bunch but, of students but when the bill got in- nerd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> precisely but when the bill got introduced they reached out to the office the office again reached out to us we all worked together and the the we 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 uh, came up with the final language of the bill. Uh, and then all the other interested parties got involved, right? The the California Farm Bureau, who was our big almond growers, and I was like, <laughs> I was sitting sitting in a meeting once with uh with the representative from the Farm Bureau, the guy from CalCan who'd written who'd who'd written uh, a big part of the language, um, the legislative director for the assembly member who introduced it, the legislative consultant for the uh, committee that had passed the bill in the in the in the assembly side, um, and the legislative director for the chair of that committee, and I was like, what the hell am i doing here right now right it really honestly all it took was a bunch of cold calls Mm -hmm. and doing some research that that was it no and i think that's something that happens a lot of the time with us activists and just in general like you get that imposter syndrome or you feel like well i'm i'm not important enough to do this or but you can do the thing you can and so i gotta ask so we're we're nearing up on our time but there's a very important story that was expressed to me at some point earlier this evening about an anti-vaccine person and i want to know more about the story i i literally made them stop telling the story i was like no i want my genuine reaction to be on the podcast uh, i have strong feelings about anti-vaxxers listen you can't believe some science but not all science you have to pick and choose if you believe science you believe science if you don't believe it, you don't believe it if you believe that we are heliocentric you believe we're heliocentric if you believe that we're earth-centric then you believe we're earth-centric so come on get out of the dark ages vaccinate your goddamn children anyway tell me your vaccine anti-vaxxer story so so there are, are actually two. Why are there two? <laughs> okay. So okay. Okay. Yeah. So I. I this is California. That's yes. why there's yes, two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which one are you telling? Are you taking the Senate one or the other one? They're both in the Senate. Okay. Which one are you telling? I'm gonna tell the Richard Pan one. <laughs> oh no, there's okay. full names. Okay. Tell the full okay. names okay. and addresses. No, Richard, but a satyr like Richard Pan. No, Richard Pan is a state senator. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, I thought this was just I, like another student. Richard yeah. Half Goat Man. Yes. Yeah. No. So, so uh, Senator Richard Pan, I believe uh, he's the chair of the Health Committee. I think so. He also sits. Uh, I know him from ed- the Education Committee. I don't know if he chairs. Yeah he, yeah. he he definitely is on the Health Committee for sure. Okay. Like he's an actual doctor. Okay. Like he, he knows everything about vaccines. Okay. And so basically, so he wrote this bill, uh, SB 276, I believe it was, which would essentially limit uh, a lot of these like anti-vaxxers from giving their kids medical exemptions for the vaccines. Right. And in response to that, like when it was going to be voted on, I think, by the Senate, some anti-vaxxer like activist um, walked up to him and just sucker punched him. What in the world? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's an dirty. even better story. Yeah. Sorry, okay. So we barf out our way through this. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I think it was actually close to a. It was more more closer to a shove than a punch, but still, it was a one handed. It, it was just shove. like a very aggressive shove. One handed motion towards the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or right. and or body. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and I want to hear story two. So story two yeah. is. Let me let me do this one because there's an aftermath that you that you. I don't All know right. if you've heard about it. All right. So. So the Senate was voting on this bill, right? And a bunch of anti-vaxxer, air quotes, activists um, went to the gallery. So the California Senate, the way it's set up is the chamber is set up so that the galleries above the Senate, the Senate floor, right? Like they're 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 watching from the gallery, yeah. and it's open. There's no glass. There's no you can like, you know, it's it's, it's an open gallery. So. 
somebody, um, <laughs> I, so somebody full names, please. I don't again. know the name Only of the person. Full names. Yeah. I don't know the name of the person who did this, but do you know their maiden name? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. So this is you're gonna love this. So they they walked up to the side of the gallery and they had a cup in their hand and they threw the content of this cup onto the Senate floor and it fell on six senators. What kind of cup it was, you ask? It was a menstrual cup. <gasps> what was in the cup, you ask? Menstrual you... blood. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was hoping it would be tequila uh, or something no. fun. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Party to so throw it. No. Six senators got dosed with menstrual blood. Oof. The Senate floor was closed <laughs> down. The Senate had to go into emergency Ooh, recess. Matt. Emergency recess. <laughs> yes. This doesn't happen. Because, okay, the, the day before, people were saying, oh, this is the most boring end of session ever. Because usually something She's dramatic She's like, happens. hold my menstrual cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say when yeah. everyone goes to Senate meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So, um, yeah. So, they the, the news article at the moment, because they don't know what exactly has happened. So, the news, the breaking news article is senators dosed with red liquid because nobody knew what the hell was right. happening like, <laughs> nobody thought this was going to be like outside a PETA event someone's like yeah. tiny cup full of tiny blood <laughs> <laughs> so they closed down the police came in they closed it down it became a it became a um, a crime scene so the senate floor the California the floor of the California state senate became a crime scene and they couldn't hold session and this was the last day of session so they needed to get to, to get through the business so they had to move to the California Education Committee room. And this is where things get even funnier because you have a bunch of senators sitting in the rows of seats that look exactly like a college classroom, right? <laughs> and the, 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 Senate major- the Senate pro temp and the majority leader standing up on the, on the, on the thing and like people, ra- like senators, state senators raising their hands to, to, to be able to talk. So it's basically like a classroom full of state senators. Now remember, California states, there are 40 California state senate districts. There are 52 California state congressional districts. California state senators represent more people than the congressional than the members of Congress do. So, yeah. So it's like these are these are these are people who are elected by you know tens of like tens of thousands of people, and they're they're they're, <laughs> they're sitting there raising their hands like like school children to to be able to talk because the Senate floor has been closed as a crime scene. It has like. <laughs> Do not cross tape across it. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, it that's that's some shit. Wow. Yeah. So we see aside our way through some anti-vaxxers and super crazy citizen activism right there. Citizen lobbying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Do that's that. it. So uh, to wrap up our discussion, I know there's so much more we could talk about. Um, but so to wrap up our discussion about all of this, if somebody wanted to get involved and become quote unquote a citizen lobbyist, so we have these corporate lobbyist dude bros who are like, let me don my suit and take my dad's money out to the oil fields and take all that back to the dude paying us money. Um, how how would you recommend that people go about becoming citizen lobbyists in their communities, whether it's city council, whether it's uh, state senate, whatever it is? How do people become citizen lobbyists? Hmm. <laughs> organize. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, really organize. Like, get get a bunch of your friends um in a club, and then get that club to be like, you know what? We're like as collectively as a group, we're gonna write a bill. We're gonna present it to our state representative or state senator, and we're gonna and we're gonna try to get it into the legislature. We're gonna make sure that we, you know, lobby every single st- uh, staffer and their and the re- legislator they represent, and we're going to make sure this thing passes. Yeah, and familiarize yourself with the legislature. Like, if you're in a state where the legislature is not professional, that makes your life so much easier. Because 
they don't know what they're doing. Write your bill. Wyoming. Yeah, write your bill. <laughs> show up to the state office. Be like, oh, we know exactly, even if you don't, we know exactly what we're talking about. We're experts. And here's our proposal. Uh, well, actually, don't do it if you don't know what you're talking about. That's is it fake until you make it? Just be like, look super confident because like that's how I do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've been I've been doing this. I've been I've been repeating this quote from uh, uh, the Bible. Actually, it says, uh, um, "I'm not religious at all." Uh, that says, um, "Act as if you have faith, and faith shall be given to you." <laughs> do that. Um, fake it till you make it. Yeah, pretty much. Fake it till you make it. it. And so, if there's any students or peoples out there that want to pick your brain and figure out how they can get involved, um, how can they contact you guys? Uh, so personally, I I'm a, kind of a millennial in that I love to use Facebook Messenger. Oh, gross! Mm. I too am a millennial, and I hate Facebook Messenger literally more than anything. Ask anyone that's tried to message me on Facebook; they're like that girl. You're not on Twitter or anything, really? No. Uh, the tweeters God damn it. Do you have a Tumblr? I, really I don't know what's don't going like on anymore. What's a Visco? Do you have one of those? That's oh, a new th- no? that's, a, that's a new yes, thing. That's what the kids are using. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just cooler than everyone at this yeah. table. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a new teen social media thing. I don't actually know. I have no idea. I just see it everywhere. You got a so TikTok? Like ex- yeah, do you have a TikTok? Do you Snapchat? <laughs> Francois TikTok. <laughs> Making coffee. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I do have a tick. I do have um, not TikTok. I was uh, like, really? <laughs> like, damn, uh, I, I do have a Snapchat, but I, I only Ooh. use it to talk to my boss. Oh, oh, oh. Dude, nope, don't trust answer. it anyway. Yes. <laughs> On Snapchat? Yes. Oh, I gotta see this. Um, I can't but, have any receipts. But anyways, um. So I mean I'm I'm always available on Facebook Messenger. Uh, I mean I mean. Do you have like an email or something? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, chief of staff, so, so that you know, that you spell out the entire thing. Chief of staff at asucd.ucdavis.edu. Mine's easy. Wow, that's it's long. Alpha Sierra Charlie Uniform <laughs> Sierra Delta.com. Yes. Okay, cool. I know my NATO no. phonetics, yo. I know you do. And my time call in call center, centers, I used yep. to like pick a theme for the week. I'd be like, N- it's fucking mythical creatures. No. That's it. And D that for, one. I'm like, do you like dragon? Do you like griffin? See, like chimera. <laughs> <laughs> we did drag queen bingo once, and Sarah got to be the, the person who said all the numbers, and it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and you can always reach out to me. Mine's a lot easier. It's EAVP that it stands for External Affairs Vice President. EAVP at ASUCD.UCD. Wow. Echo Alpha Victor Papa at. ASUCD.com. No, no, I'm hoping there's no ASUCD.com out there because if there is, we have a problem. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. We really appreciate you talking about what it's like to be students and activists and people that do that just are human beings that fight for legislation. And you guys took an organization that was essentially defunct and essentially had no power and you guys gave it a, pardon my language, now I say pardon my language, a shitload of power. And that's what we really want to drive in with this episode is, you know, just like with the Working Families Party stuff, if you disagree with their decisions, if you disagree with the Democratic Party, the Democratic Socialists, whatever it be, the city council, get involved. Get involved. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly should come on again just so I can just shit talk about how <laughs> how crazy just like just some of the stuff that goes on the Yolo County Democratic Party. Just Yolo! <laughs> yeah, I kind of saw that coming. Yep, I we're mean, not basic I, at all. I mean, it, it honestly is yeah. just like the the county Democratic Party saying YOLO. Yolo. Yeah, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, I I'd get like it. to add something really Let's quick. The stuff you were saying earlier about getting involved, like if you're in a count, if you're in a big city county, if you're like in L.A. or San Diego, 
it's a different story. But if you're in a smaller county, all the counties get a vote in their state Democratic Party. And if you're in a smaller county, getting involved is real is as easy as showing up to a to a uh, to a to a, de- a par- county party meeting. We've had situations where like there were positions open and there was nobody to take them, or they're decided by one vote. Yeah, all that the fucking time, all the time. So just like we we do this, just show up to your county Democratic Party meetings and say what you think. Or working family what? party, or democratic, whatever you want to do, like what? just to show what up. You think yeah. show show up to the thing and then tell people what you think. That's crazy. How so, dare you? How very dare you, sir? Sir, sir, this is an Arby's. <laughs> sir, this is an Arby's. Stop telling us what your opinion is. Sir, I don't, don't care about your political opinions. This is an Arby's. Stop talking about irrigation <laughs> systems, please. There uh, so you guys have it. I mean, this is how you become a citizen lobbyist. This is how you take a group from defunct to actional to actionable. This is how you make change in your communities. And it literally is so simple as show up, state your opinion, and don't back down. Yes. Woo! Okay. So but don't to- go over to the time limit. If you go over the time limit, people will be mad at you. Yes, people will be so mad. Get them mad. mad. I hate waiting. So uh, <laughs> thank you to Francois and Adam for coming all the way up from UC Davis, which is definitely just for this podcast and not to visit people's families and or the city of Seattle. Uh, and thank you guys for being here and giving us your information and letting people reach out to you guys. We really appreciate it because uh, on this podcast, we believe it's better left to the students of universities everywhere to fight for legislation that matters. Mm-hmm. Yellow. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going away anytime soon. Now we got to grab those two yes. We got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, you guys. Oh, man. Francois and Adam. That was awesome. Francois. 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 You, Francois. It sounded like you had a lot Francois. of fun. We did. Yeah. We had a great time. Uh, Boisterous. They talked, they talked a lot about Susan Lobby ship and like all that good stuff. And like, I don't know, Adam had a lot of stuff to say. Not you, different Adam. Uh, well, I, I was I was going to ask, did he uh, did he live up to the name of Adam? Honestly, As, he, he delivered. Yeah, he, really yeah. Delivered. he did great. Impressed. Yeah. yeah, he's a super interesting guy. Uh, I did not know he was an asylum seeker for two years and oh. now lobbied for a bill for asylum seekers to have college funding through Pell Grants. That's amazing. Wow. Fucking cool. rad. Step up your game, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Step up your game. Other, now you're other Adam. He yeah. was other Adam yeah. and now it's you. Damn now it, you're I'm, other Adam. I'm everybody's other Adam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you're the OA. Why, so, um, why are you guys othering okay. Adam? The OA is a terrible Netflix show. It's a weird Netflix show. It's there's weird. A, there's a psychic octopus and a bunch of like, Jay was watching when they're doing all the movements at once and he was watching without sound and he goes, hey, all these people, imagine them being in the cafeteria and they don't have this crescendo of music. It's just fucking weird. It's just oh my God, weird. Damn it. All right. All right. <laughs> the gravitas of the show. He's like, they don't have the music. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so we are in with our palate cleanser now because it's been a serious it's not been a serious episode it's been a great it's actually episode been pretty fun. it's been fun yeah. though yeah. right yeah, yeah. talking Energetic. about ufos and not being dicks to other people that support warren and talking about being a citizen lobbyist like this has been pretty boisterous yeah um, fun so now we are in the place where we cleanse our palate because politics is rough and we have a bunch of different snacks. We've got some local snacks. We've got some. We talked about the the bacon cheddar Cheetos, and we're really hoping that we don't get the glazed donut jelly filled bubblegum balls. I just don't care for I that. Really I'm pretty them. excited for I want this like weird. I'll eat them all. I want this weird Russian candy and like those the the the. 
uh, things we brought back from Bali. Like the oh yeah, I want that. Yeah, yeah. were they I alive just, once? N- probably. I don't know what they are. I was like, I don't understand what this bag says. And then it's bottom. It looks like <laughs> it looks like fingers no, that were kept in a book, yeah. flattened. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good. Probably made of to crickets. some people. We're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna leave it up to the wheel to decide yeah, what we have to tonight. And Adam made a good point where he's like, "Are they weird to us people of the West, or are they weird to those people uh, who are from who are native to the land we bought it?" I'm like, "Shh, zip your lid." Turns out it's both. Turns out <laughs> yes, it's both. column A, column B, with all love. So yeah. we are going to spin the wheel, and we have, we're gonna do we're only gonna do three this time. I feel like three is a solid number. Anything more than three is like way too many. It's like a quarter dozen. Cut Third that dozen. shit off. I don't know. I'm not going to math. Um, so we're going to spin the wheel. I'll spin it first. And then uh, we're going to have Adam spin it. And Sweet. then we're going to have Corn spin it. Is that, a, is that cool with you, Troy? What? Don't I get to oh. spin two? You won't get to do one at the same time. Wait, wait, we can spin together. No, we're only doing three. Because four is too many. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. We can do four. Um, we also have a weird bottle of liquor that I don't know if anyone's. Oh, he has consumed. No, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to drink it. No, uh, why aren't you supposed to? <laughs> I don't know because it's it's on the table and okay. fancy. Yeah, so well, no, let's we do it. Put it in the bucket. All right, yeah. put it in the bucket. All right, we got okay. four things now. <laughs> we now have four things. All right, <laughs> very cool. So get ready. We're gonna roll the first one. Roll the first one. Spin the first one. And here we go. Double bubble gumballs. They're called jelly donut hole. No, Adam, no, can, you, jelly donut. can you explain why you're excited about this? So I love. Because you can't have it? Well, because I can have it. Yeah. Ah! I, I like things that are jelly filled. So I loved jelly donuts growing up. And even better, um, on Hanukkah, which I got to celebrate with Jay and Sarah Woo-hoo. this year. Not and as bad. I found out, I hopefully will get to celebrate with uh, you too, Troy and Corn. Yes. Um, Orphan Christmas. Thank so, you. So we get, uh, we eat souvganyot, which are which are these fried things. They're basically jelly donuts. And so every year, it's a Jewish tradition to eat jelly donuts. It's true. I love it. He brought yeah. jelly donuts to our house, and we warmed them up in the oven, and now I will never eat donuts another way. Did you did you smell the bag? It's so bad. I smelled the bag. Oh, we've got to get a picture of these. These Ready? are awful colors. I need to see the bag really quick. The bag. I, I need Trot to, to smell it. It's, I think it's, oh my. That was why like Adam's talking and I smelled it. I was like, no, I start shaking my head violently, but I can't say anything. I'm into it. I'm I'm more worried. I'm more worried about the grape jelly filling. What does it smell like? I don't know, but I don't like it. Fake coconut. You know, you know how, you know, you know how, uh, how fake banana flavor tastes and how it's not quite banana flavor. Yeah. I think this is doing that for donuts. This is like trying it's like to, it's like the, the yeah. essence of what it's, fried food might be. Mm. And it's, <laughs> it's donut. It's the color of an unhealthy. Donut. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's going All in. All right. Ready? One, two, oh. three. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's, it's not fine. Bad. Yeah. It's fine. It tastes like Why bubble gum. It tastes like bubble gum. It doesn't taste like anything but normal bubble gum. Right. No, it tastes assy. <laughs> I that also is... hate the flavor of bubble gum. <laughs> that is not oh. bubble gum. It tastes no, like I maple I booty. I don't taste jelly don't donut drink. at all. I'm actually moderately disappointed in Me it. Me too, yeah. I'm drinking this booze I was drinking. It's fine. 
I need it to looks like that. a jelly donut. Look, mine has hair in it. <laughs> oh, mm. mine is into the ether because they threw it. It's like that. <laughs> I did spit mine on the ground. So. <laughs> Sorry, Homer. Oh, that was terrible. Not one single part of that was jelly or donut. It no, was where's the jelly? Gum. Where's yeah. the jelly? No, you know what? I don't want to know. I'm kind of glad. Totally yes. fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Totally okay. No, it, it could have been much totally worse. Fine. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. There's um, so much room for unimprovement in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Adam wants to get rid of it. All right, yep. Adam. No, actually, you eat foods. It. You got to spit it out. Why did you enjoy it? What Adam happened? put it in his it pocket. It, it tasted like it tasted like like bubble gum. No, it, it didn't. Yeah, and it just and what it gum tasted, are you chewing? It tasted like bubble gum, and it looked like a like a little munchkin. So it was really kind of like a little a, munchkin, a munchkin, a munchkin, like a donut hole. Yeah. A oh, I thought you meant like, uh, like a no, munchkin. Like Wally donut. Wink and, uh, and the chocolate. Wally. What the fuck? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Wally. Part, Wally Winkin. Pardon my Francois, but what the fuck? <laughs> Wally Winkin and the double bubble factory. <laughs> That's my favorite Disney movie. <laughs> because Sarah is quicker than any of us. You. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. When I said that, you're like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wall- so Wally Winkins Double Bubble Factory. Yeah, and, uh, I'm crying. I, t- <laughs> I hate the taste of bubblegum, and I'm very mad that oh. the taste of bubblegum is a thing. I've met Wally and Winkin, wa- and you're no Wally Winkin, <laughs> madam. Are we ready for our next it's snack Adam, or snack? It's Adam's turn, so you gotta spin the spin wheel. Spin it, right. spin it, Brit. All right. Oh wow! Survey says showcase showdown. <laughs> oh shit! Da, da, da. Oh no! We got number three. Oh. Uh, it's white. This is so ironic. <laughs> yeah. Is that ironic? The other one I'm excited for. <laughs> oh, the M&M's white pumpkin pie artificial flavor. Question. <laughs> yeah. What is white pumpkin pie flavor? You know what it is? It's full of one step away from <laughs> Yeah, it's one step away from Chardonnay woman. It is just microaggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. Yes. No. Oh man. Oh no. Why is this a thing? All I can right. think of right now is like, well, they so we large? <laughs> so I took they out I took out Why six. Are they so big? Is there pump- it's like pumpkin seed inside of it? I, I took out six because I wanted to make sure we got all of the colors. Thank no, you. We don't want anybody to get the white. We don't want anybody to get microaggressed here. Or, orange, oh. beige, so, and brown. I don't have a brown one. Yeah. No microaggressions very, here. I have uh, harvest colors. One yeah. is the harvest colors. I will call this one Caucasoid flesh, <laughs> and this one is uh, presidential. Me after, yeah. me oh, after yeah. I go to Bali, I'm the president. Yeah, I've just got I've just got um, the two that make up Donald Trump. That's yeah. it. Those are the orange meat and white. That make yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All this right. is the upper lip and the lower lip. <laughs> Are we ready for some white pumpkin All right. pie? Wh- whatever oh, white yeah. pumpkin pie is. Wait, mm. aren't there like little white pumpkins? There uh, are. Yeah, there those are. are gourds. <laughs> no, no, no. no. They're white, white pumpkins. They I saw them at Trader Joe's yeah. today. Someone, you con- love- someone convinced everybody that I love gourds, and I've received so many gourds All right. thanks to you, Troy. Are we ready, friends? <laughs> anyway. Yes. Three, two, two one. Nope. No, does not no, like thank that. You. No, thank you. No, no. Oh, they're good. Nope. I don't need. They're that. good, and they definitely taste like pumpkin pie. 
But I my brain is not okay with this. But there's chocolate happening too. No, is there? No. Mm-hmm. I feel I like there was chocolate. No, I'm taking it apart. I it's white chocolate. Too, but I don't think I liked it. It's it white was chocolate. it was almost too accurately flavored. Like the double bubble jelly donut did not taste like jelly donut at all. That tastes like I'm eating some pumpkin pie candy. It does. And I know it's white chocolate, which is not actually chocolate. It is cocoa fat. And I know this because when I was on vacation, I went to some cocoa plantations. And uh, I learned a lot about chocolate. I think if you're speaking in Balinese, it's plantiasio. <laughs> okay. All right, corn. Is it my turn? Don't fuck this. <laughs> Don't do it. Not tonight. But only <laughs> depends on the dating app. Yeah, exactly. Depends yeah. on the only Facebook yeah. dating app. Right. Out. <laughs> Facebook it. Yeah. Facebook it. Uh, ready, go. Wee, 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 very cool. Uh, we landed on. Oh, we landed on bacon Very cheddar good. Chester's fries. Uh, before we even opened the bag, Jay looked at all of us and he's like, "Oh, I've had those; are terrible." So <laughs> thanks, Jay. Spoiler thanks, Jay. alert. Also, can I say that Chester Cheetah, the least impressive of all of the mascots, right? Like the most drab. Yeah, like just a, he's not buff and like thotty, like is Tony kind the of Tiger. Got an English accent. You guys though, know. they're doing like weird branding with him, where like they just did like a fashion week. Like hot Cheeto thing. Have you been to Forever Twenty One recently? Where you? Can I have not, buy, but like, I know what you're talking about. Cheetos yep. tank. To- I don't know. I, I understand the, the, fashion. Isn't it closing? Yeah, you can buy Cheetos like dude bro tanks. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds dangerously cheesy. Just, <laughs> oh I hate you. I, I'm just saying, me Corn's and Corn's like, <laughs> where's Bill? Bill? <laughs> I, I hate yeah. me too. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but you just like Bill. You cannot have these because of the bacon. Bill could Correct. not have them because of the dairy. Very right. different reasons. And, you know, did you guys know Bill's lactose intolerant? <laughs> Just oh, in case you didn't did know. I do know. Yeah. Did you guys know that Adam cannot eat cheese and meat in the same meal? Well, also, I can't eat bacon. Can we say that you can't eat bacon? What's your thing? Yeah. Can well, we just be can, like, you can't eat bacon? bacon. Do, no do you bacon. keep kosherish? Kosherish. Kosherish. So, no, so you, you can't Adam ride a cloven hoof. He cannot. Person? A, he cannot <laughs> eat a cloven <laughs> you, hoof. Who corn. has cloven hooves here? You All right, my Sarah, just, my hand. Sarah just yeah. raised her hand. Um, yeah. We're going to investigate later. Okay, that's that would a different be, episode. That'd be a different palate cleanser, right there. <laughs> what are they? So, so because I will either. not be eating one of these uh, oh, yeah, bacon cheddar yeah. fries, I will instead be narrating as oh. the rest of them eat their oh. bacon cheddar oh. fries. Cheers. cheers! Cheers! The three of them the have now just cheers and are now leaning <laughs> away from the mic. Troy has no. looked up. Troy is looking up pensively. Mm-hmm. Corn, meanwhile, has just put on a scrunched face as though she is simultaneously disappointed, disgusted, and slightly enraged. A lot of MSG in that. Yeah. You t- the aftertaste is sort of oh. like, why do I not have a taste, but my brain thinks there's one. Why does it stick one. to my teeth? Yes. And it's, it's like they that. scraped all the sodium out of the bacon and just put it this tastes like this. So, do you keep like a jar of bacon fat? I'm not looking at you, Adam. You okay. Um, do you keep a jar of bacon fat? By your because you can't pour yep. it on your pipes, it tastes like how that smells. Right? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I just realized I was do I mm. I cleaned out under the sink and I found <laughs> our and now tasting the Cheeto version of cleaning out under your sink. But Very here's cool. the thing: when yeah. Chester Cheetah puts his name on a snack, you can bet it's not whack. <laughs> he said. So grab a bag of crispy, crunchy Chester's flavored Chester's flavored. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, this is what he tastes this like. Is his bacon. Bacon. Yeah. This is cheetah bacon. This is bacon cheddar fries, corn, and potato snack. Oh. 
It's corn's potato snacks, friends. Corn's potato snacks. Corn potato snacks. Corn snacks. So that was horrible, and I would like to move on to this singular glass of booze that we have on the table. Yes. We have not. Troy, you got to spin. Okay, you ready? All right. We can spin or we can just choose to drink the booze. I want to spin. Make a noise. What do you do when you do poop poop? Oh, look, it's booze. Go. Take a sip only. Wow. That was a tiny little sip that you just slugged down. Ooh, I like. That was really good. That was like really good. I've been drinking it all mm. night, just so everyone knows. That it's is Captain Morgan, sixteen seventy one, which I may or may not have found in the back of Troy's pantry. Uh, yes, the in... actual palate cleanser. No, it you. was actually in the place uh, where booze is found. That was the best thing I've eaten this right. entire day. I was it's, same. It's that, not eating. It was the second best thing that I just consumed during this palate cleanser. Is it the is it the gumballs? No, I really really liked the pumpkin pie M and M's. You can have it. Yeah, But after my run, oh, I feel so guilty. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I ran. I get this. This is mine now. No. Well, well fam. Well, I ran. I rock. Um. <laughs> There's a conflict in there somewhere. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, just until us gets involved and then everything oh. goes to shit. Get it? Oh. Uh, we can uninvolve. <sighs> That's true. Just, just <laughs> cool wait. Oh, no. I hate everyone. (laughs) All you men just making these decisions for us. Thanks, guys. You're the the bomb. (laughs) And and what Troy could say to me is UAE. Hey. This is a devastating. <laughs> anyway. Bye. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about all these puns. Anyway, so thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Better Left Podcast. It's fun. We have this, it was we've fun. made this episode decidedly about everybody else and these horrible snacks corn made us eat. I know. Except they were the gross, but also it's always fun. Humanizing. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah. Big ups to Adam for hanging. I've been saying that a lot. Big ups. Because Big I'm going to bring it Big back. Ups. Bring it I don't back know. From what the is the what's Was it ever here? Little yeah, ups. It's little ups. Little ups. ups. You know what? That's ups. what I'm going to do. Mini up. Mini up. Mini, Mini up. ups to you, sir. Oh, um, like a little you. thumbs up. Hey, you know, you've reached the end of the program, and I think that that means you get a special prize, and that is <gasps> to not eat any of these snacks that we just ate. Well, we'll we <laughs> will actually chew the snack up, and we will put it in an envelope, yeah, spit it right in there, like a mama oh. or dada bird. You will, yes, or gender neutral parent bird. Gender neutral? Nope. <laughs> yeah, close though. That rum. <laughs> Wally Winker. Wally, <laughs> what was it, Wally Winker? Yeah. Yep. But uh, you know, much yes. like the Wally Winky of um, the Chortle and the uh, Horcrux uh, Factory, <laughs> you get the golden ticket, and that golden ticket is go visit us on Apple. Uh, podcast, go visit us. You can pull us and uh, pull us down on the um, what is it called? On the Spotify's Irunes, iTunes, iTunes. iTunes. Is that we're on thing? iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on other stuff. We're on different things. We're on go all there. The stuff. Go to all the stuff. find us. Give us all those stars. Leave a kind, thoughtful word. Yes. And you know what we'll do? We'll gift you another podcast. We will we'll point friend. at your name collectively when you leave us positive review. We we'll might actually as a group. We might actually even read it aloud. And you'll never know. Listen, no, 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 no. We'll read it. I'll read it into a microphone. Can we offer them a consensual hug? 
Uh, I have a better idea. How about, listen, y'all, if you leave us a long form review on any of these platforms, Adam will spoken word it into the microphone on the next episode. I love that. All right. So leave us reviews, leave us five stars or whatever stars you feel are appropriate. Leave us a very long form review and Adam will spoken word it next time we are on the podcast. And let's end this with go do some shit. Go do some shit. Join your working families party. Join our revolution. Join your local Democratic Party. Go be a citizen lobbyist. Don't Talk fight shit your friends. to your senators. Don't fight your friends. And respect people's opinions. Hell yeah. Especially if they're like well formed. And Liz Warren is not that bad, y'all. Let's organize, fam. Organize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to scream at organizations. Debate, don't hate. Exactly. Burn, you don't need to scream at or- You do not need to scream at organizations for their endorsements. You need to go out there and justify to the people why your candidate is better. So Unless they're involved. like Nazis. Right, right. Do, except right. if they're Nazis. Maybe don't do that. Don't scream do that. at them. No, scream, scream at, them. at them. Fight them. Punch them. Richard ah, Spencer getting punched multiple don't times. Slap yeah, them slap them in the face. It's a go-to gift, but Some I'm just kind saying. Of, or give them a, a weird punch. A weird uh, punch hug. Yeah, shove like they did in the... I would just, yeah. I would just, yeah, tickle, right. I would just tickle them. Yeah, like, okay. it's not, it's not and violent, it. and still pisses them off. And you're like, go ahead and get me, get me. I'm just tickling you. So <laughs> tickle your local Nazi because it's the least <laughs> likely to get you in trouble. Uh, <laughs> and who knows what might happen? You might change a life. Yeah. Give us your five star reviews. Give us your long form reviews. Next podcast, if we get any long form reviews, oh, Adam will. will spoken word them into these. Microphones. I will thank you read guys. Each one. You're like, he will read them all from listener Willy Wanky <laughs> from Walter Winky. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Better Lift podcast. Catch us next time where we talk to Shama Sawan. Finally, I'm not just leaving you on. She's no, actually it's coming in on Sunday. It's actually happening. We're talking about housing. We're going to talk about Obama and Wall Street and other stuff and different things. And Maybe things animals doing meth. Nobody knows. Animals doing meth. This is a weird podcast. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for your time. This time, we believe it is better left to you as citizen lobbyists get involved. Do it. Bye. Bye. Yellow. I never understood what the snapping. Like, I mean, it seems beat Nikki. Oh, Jaja and me guide, me know them can't stop me. Life and me friend, I got me chance strictly. Now but my people, they couldn't ever trick me. Got from the day, me ban me in a positivity. Because negativity never gave nothing to me. Me tell it to me friend and tell it to me family. Me wanna live me life happily. Because me got the real vibes, we got the real vibes. And when we are together, then we feel nice. Cause we got the real vibes. Just a real eyes. You can see it when you look in our eyes. We got the real eyes. We got we feel eyes. 